Welcome to My Creative Corner 3, a podcast about my quilting journey and life in a northern town. Show notes can be found at mycreativecorner3.wordpress.com. Please leave a comment and we can continue the conversation online. My name is Vicki and I'll be your hostess. Hello. Today's podcast will talk about nostalgia and slow stitching. I have to say that I did recently watch the movie Creed, C-R-E-E-D, and it's the latest installment of Rocky. I love the Rocky movies. They are nostalgia to me. The first one came out in the time where I was preteen and just paying attention to movies and music. I always have loved the story of an underdog who does well, a person who's misunderstood and rises above their circumstances. And the movies just go on and on into the series that came out through the 70s and 80s to the latest installment. But I'll have to say I was pretty inspired by the latest installment of the Rocky stories. It's the same themes, you know, a kid who's overcoming, and I'm not going to give a lot of spoiler alerts, but it's just those themes I love. Someone who was, by circumstances and a lot of hard work, wound up someplace where they never thought they would be to attempt something in life. So based on that movie, I got thinking about my whole quilting journey, my creative journey, and I thought I'd change the tagline on my blog. My Creative Corner 3 is a blog about my creative journey and life in a northern town. And that hasn't changed. The website hasn't changed, but my dreams have changed. And I thought, how do I get things done? Because I don't do things in a mass production, chain sewing, lots of hours at one time kind of way. I really do most things in life this way, and I always have done it. I'm pretty self-taught at most everything I do. But one thing I did learn throughout all of this process is I can only take things in small increments, master it, and then move on. I work on my quilting the same way. One stitch, one block, one row at a time. And that's truly how I get a quilt done. I do them block by block. I start out stitch by stitch. I do patch by patch and I assemble the units, the units to rows, the rows to a block, the block to rows, the whole thing. Much how I really problem solve and work things in my everyday life. You start in the here and now, what is the most immediate thing? And then I am able to break it down into small steps till I achieve my goal. Now I have quite a few long-term quilting goals, but I don't really know how they're going to shape up to be. So today I'm focusing on honing my skills, one stitch, one block, one row at a time. I have to say that I did kind of lose sight of that. Um, I took on a really big project, oh, in the early 1990s. This is a story about my longest UFO that I have declared done as of today. In the early 90s, cross-stitch, counted cross-stitch was pretty much in its heyday. My grandmother um, subscribed to a cross-stitch magazine, and there were tons of old world Santas. We were in the heyday of my Angel and Santa collection. Uh, Victoriana was the 
theme of the day. And so she would read the magazines and she did some kind of cross stitch. Mostly she bought the magazine because she liked to look at the, the color and the picture. And she did do a few things. One um, needlepoint kit that she did was the unicorn from The Last Hunt. And it's a famous tapestry. I believe it's a Flemish tapestry. And it is in the Metropolitan Museum of Art. But I never knew her to do a lot of counted cross stitch. But she did do some small ornaments and give them to us as Christmas gifts. I took the magazines and I had a even weave tablecloth that my great-grandmother gave to me when I graduated from high school. It used to have um, coordinating napkins with it, which I still have a couple somewhere in the house. But I decided in that time period, um, my daughter was very young and just starting school. I only had one child that I was going to take on this massive project. Um, I didn't realize how tiny the even weave was when in the border I did nine, six, seven, eight, excuse me, old world Santas. They're only a couple of inches tall. They're incredibly detailed. They are Santas from around the world. And I absolutely love old world Santas. Always have. I still do. And I realized that they were so small, there was nothing in the middle. That took me years to cross-stitch those borders. A couple years. I was on a big roll, and um, there was another series in her cross-stitch magazines that I doubled the size. And in the very center is a Santa surrounded by woodland creatures, which is totally in my alley. It's a beautiful old world Santa with a cloak. He's surrounded by a bear and a fox and a bunny and a reindeer. I declare it done because it's now 2016. This is a project that is over 20 years old. If I actually calculated, probably started this project in 93. Mm -hmm. Do the math, I'm really showing my age. It's not fully done. All the legs on the reindeer aren't done, but you can't tell. I have to put eyes on the Santa and the reindeer. And there's supposed to be a little bird perching upon the top of his staff. I'm not adding that. I've kind of lost all of my cross-stitch threads, and cross-stitch is something I can't do very well. It started about 10 years ago. I mean, looking at my eyes and dark, uh, no way. But I'll have to say, I plugged away on this project. I would get it out every Christmas, stitch on it a little bit more, maybe take it through the winter, and then put it away. I found it again, still in the hoop, <clears throat> a Q-snap hoop so it didn't have marks put on it and it's not stretched out. And I decided today that I did a few more stitches on it, finished up the reindeer head. I've lost the pattern. I don't even know where the floss is anymore, but there was just enough floss on that threaded needle that was still in the project for me to declare it done. If I didn't show you the final picture, you won't have anything to compare it to. I decided to keep it simple because over the years I had all these mad ideas about should it be a multimedia type of project? Should it have tatted snowflakes and should it have applique? I don't know, applique something, you know, I was going to make it, you know, a every craft project, maybe a crocheted edge or a knitted bobble. And, and then I just realized in the last few years, no, no, keep it 
simple, stupid. K-I-S-S, just kiss. It looks beautiful as it is. It's flat. It doesn't need to be multi-dimensional, and it sits on my table for the first time in over 20 years as a finished project. Now, I have put it out as an incomplete project before, but I feel really good about it. UFOs do not sit well with me. If you don't um, know the acronym, UFOs used a lot in the crafting world for unfinished objects. I have not a lot of UFOs. I have a lot of WIPs or works in process. Of course, there's always the debate of when a whip becomes a UFO. But um, currently, I don't have very many because I like to finish them. I like the feeling of being done. And this one has nagged me in the back of my mind for a long time that it wasn't finished. It was materials that my great-grandmother gave me, a very fine, fine even weave tablecloth. And it was inspired by my other grandmother who liked cross-stitch and gave me the magazines. Nostalgia is really a fun thing. I was able to get our Christmas ornaments out last night and smile and remember and put them on the tree and the lights are on. And here we are a couple weeks before Christmas and the tree is up. The snow is falling and it really feels like a beautifully nostalgic Christmas. Nostalgia. Now I have been going through stuff to try to find objects for Christmas and also crafting. And you are never going to know what I found. Remember that cardboard patch that I cut out as a template for the first baby quilts my mother and I made? Well, I found it. It was in the bottom of my old sewing basket from childhood. And it was a few relics of my youth. One was the tatting shuttle that I was looking for. That was my other great-grandmother's. I've been looking for it for a while because I misplaced it and I gathered up all my tatting shuttles. And in the bottom, I found this cardboard template. Still has pen marks from where we marked out all of those squares. They were just about five or six inch squares joined together and tied in a comforter style. Yes, I remember those that winter really, really well. It was in about 76, 77. It was the year of terrible winters. 30 days of January. We had school maybe once a week. We got lots of wind. I mean, terrible amounts of wind that I don't remember having before. And I've only had a few winters since. The kind where the wind just howls around the house and it gets worse as the sun goes down and they howls all night. Feet of snow would fall during the week. The snowplow trucks couldn't keep up and it was very, very bitterly cold. Well, Three kids in a tiny house, so I believe my mother probably went totally stir-crazy with us not having enough interesting things to do. And being the creative person she is, and my sister and I were very creative, we all did lots of little projects. My brother and sister were not as interested in the sewing project. I remember my sister being part of it for a little while, but we did assemble at least one excuse me, and I want to say two or three baby quilts. It took us all month, but it was a time where out of necessity to keep ourselves busy and babies that needed quilts, it just felt like the right thing to do. 
I believe me, I had done a million other projects during those 30 days um, and practiced my music and did all kinds of macaroni art and things like that. But this felt like a grown-up project that I really was proud of. And I just laugh because when I read it, it's my own handwriting from probably about age 10. It says, quilt block pattern on the front. When you flip it over, I believe it's from a shoebox. It's pretty sturdy. It's thicker than cereal box, but thinner than a cardboard box. And you can see there was an Alice in Wonderland um, print on it. It had games. Um, you can see where in the corner where I did a maze. I had to label each character because that's what I did. Um, and it's definitely a 1970s Alice in Wonderland <laughs> theme on the back. The baby quilts, nostalgia, winter. So that brings me up to current. So what am I working on now? Well, a few little Christmas items. I have a quick curve ruler and So Wonderful Jenny is the name of her website. Put up two free Christmas patterns and I thought this would be a great idea on how to learn to use the ruler. And I made two mod tree patterns. They're not real Christmassy, so I stuck them on the design wall. Then I got inspired thinking, well, they're not the greatest in her, according to her picture, when I compare it, but they would look great in my mod unicorn panel fabric. The, I think it's the Great Hunt by Lizzie House. Mm, unicorns, that unicorn. Why did I buy that fabric? Nostalgia. Because my grandmother made that unicorn needlepoint based on a tapestry in Metropolitan Museum of Art. Two years ago, I was in Scotland for the first time out of this country, and I was having the trip of my life and I found myself impulsively stopping because we had a multi-castle ticket at Sterling Castle. Delphine, the quilt shop owner, said I might find that to be interesting because of the tapestries there. And it was on our way to Inverness where the Highland Games were that we were attending. Oh my, did I love the tapestries. They were recreating the entire panel of this unicorn story, which was really a three-level allegory of medieval knights hunting a unicorn. It also was supposed to have religious themes tied in it, as well as um, spiritual um, representation and symbolism. But the unicorn was the exact unicorn that my grandmother stitched in that needlepoint when I was a child. And now I knew all about the story of where this tapestry came from, and they were recreating a copy, most beautiful woven copy, that was a 10-year project, much like my very long Santa Claus project. It was an amazing time to see the weavers weaving and to go through this ancient castle, to be frozen in the cold dampness of it, knowing that the tapestry was part of keeping people warm and the color and the beauty and the absolute. I was just drawn in by the story of this splendid hunt, which is the name of the fabric line. So if you want to read more or to see more of this tapestry, um, you can go online and read all about it, either at Sterling Castle or the Metropolitan Museum of Art. But that unicorn fabric was there at Pink Castle online. I heard all about it. I bought a large panel of it, and then it's been sitting in my pile uninspired for the last, oh, I think about a year, year and a half, thinking of how am I going to use this in a 
wall hanging size quilt to focus on the unicorns. So I stuck those trees on there. I kind of like it. It's a very stylized mm-hmm. unicorn fabric. It has mushrooms and little dogs. I think they're greyhounds and woods and nature and woodland pheasants. So I'm going to cut it up into a more modern styling and I have a paper piece block with tiny little freeform looking mushrooms that are tumbling that's in my electric quilter program. And I think I'm going to do a few of those blocks and I may try to do a couple more attempts at this quick curve ruler mod trees. And nostalgia is funny how it all ties together and really inspired me to buy that fabric based on childhood memories and spurred me on to create something that's going to be totally new and totally my own ideas. Then I also went on to use the quick curve ruler to try a modern uh, mod ornament. It's a 14 and a half by 17 inch block. Mine had a little bit to be desired. It's not su- it's super smooth. It's so kind of wonderful Jenny's. And um, Judy um, from Green Fairy Quilting, um, she has a beautiful quilt going on Instagram with the centers of her own design. Mine's not as smooth in the arcs, and I had a few problems figuring the pattern out with color placement. However, I'm going to try another one of those ornament blocks a little at a time. One stitch, one block, one row at a time. I think that overall that will make a really pretty Christmas quilt, even with my Funkadelic first block. It should go in there. And I'm not going to plan on just ramming and jamming that one until I'm done. I'm going to use some block scraps, and I may even use different background fabrics on the different blocks just to give it more interest. So the quick curve ruler has been what I've been working on the most. I've also done several more of the emeralds block, and I need 32, and I'm up to 24. Four. This is my birthday quilt that I am using the pattern from Quilty Magazine. It is a traditional rolling stone block that um, is set on point and the colorway is all greens to represent my birthstone. I decided I wanted to make that one block at a time, one long project to be a celebration of my birth year this year. It was a rough one. You know, the big 5-0 is not easy. My husband had a recent birthday, which means that, you know, in about six months, I will be turning another year older. I don't know that I'll have that quote completely bound and finished by then, but I am enjoying the celebration of quilting and of my blessings and enjoying reflecting. So that's the emeralds. So you've heard me talk about my slow stitching, but where did I come across these ideas in the first place? Well, uh, Mark Lipinski started a slow stitching um, blog a few years ago, but I want to say closer to 2000 or in the early 2000s, I was using the internet for just doing a lot of research and exploring like most of us. It was a big place to go and find all kinds of information. And someone had mentioned the slow movement in food. It happened to be a news program or something. And I looked it up. Slowmovement.com is still available. And I want to read you the first part of their um, blog because I thought, what a wonderful idea. The slow movement quote, 
aims to address the issue of time poverty through making connections. If we think about the following trends, Buddhism is the fastest growing religion in the world today and people are turning to organic food in droves. Schools are in turmoil, homeschooling is commonplace and people are downshifting. The slow movement is gaining popularity with 811 Convivia Worldwide. You know, I'd read that and I was like, hmm, let me go further. Stress is the leading to the unprecedented health problems. Stop the world I want to get off is a feeling we all have sometimes. Why is this happening? What is wrong? What are we searching for? And all, and then the article just goes on and on. And I thought, wow, stop the world and let me off. I used to say that all the time when I was busy and overwhelmed, running a thousand miles an hour. And then I looked at the side, there's slow travel, slow stitch slow food, slow school, slow books, slow living, slow money. I looked at the slow living quite a bit and I come to find a lot of people are ascribing to this living in, um, not necessarily slow, but living in a way that is enjoying, savoring the moment, enjoying foods as they're in season at the peak of their ripeness, enjoying life as it happens, as the sun rises, the sun sets, as we go about our daily living of really focusing and living with um, mindfulness and purposeness of what we're doing, not just going through the motions. I talked about having celebrations at harvest in the slow food section in different parts where when the crops came in, they would have like a five hour long meal of different courses and drinking the wine and enjoying the locally sourced food. Mm, Really has been embraced, hasn't it? As time has gone on. But I really liked all of that. And I and I thought, you know, the whole thing of me, you know, in the early parts, you know, of quilting, you get all these ideas, you see the patterns, you want to rush, you want to get the latest thing, and you got to get it done. And then I get overwhelmed. And then I was finding that I wasn't enjoying it enough. So mindful living, you know, really was something I thought was interesting about listening to our body when we're tired and taking a rest and when we're hungry, eat. And it was like, boy, this is all the common sense stuff. This is how my great grandmothers lived. Yeah, there's worry. Yeah, there's lots of stuff that has to get done. But how do you do it? I was in the middle of um, raising kids, working full time, driving two hours a day in a commute at this time period of my life. I didn't have time to cook a decent meal, but I tried to do something. And this slow movement really appealed to me. I was so thrilled to find it. I'm like, this is amazing stuff. I can't believe that there are people in the 2000s that believe that this old-fashioned way of living, in my mind it was old-fashioned, was actually a goal because I sure liked that goal. I chose to live in a slow-moving community. It's more modern now, but believe me, 10, 15 years ago, we didn't even have a Starbucks and we certainly only had one big box store and I wanted my children to be in a slow living community. We tried to buy, you know, food in season. It's not a big agricultural scene here due to the um, soil, but we would buy, you know, food as it came in, meat as it was being um, harvested. Um, And 
I just started, I adapted this idea more and more in the attitude because I'd already been doing a lot of the getting things done in 15 and minute increments, doing what I can to maximize or leverage the time that I had to complete things, whether it was cleaning house or working on a project, working on a craft, working on practicing music, giving lessons, things like that. The attitude of just enjoying and being thankful for every moment, everything, every object, and not just running through things, oh, just going through the motions type of stuff. Because, you know, like I said, I've always had health problems, and when I got stressed, of course, our health is always worse. So this is my idea, you know, to have a more simple, slow, and enjoying each moment kind of life. Well, this year, um, you know, with the birthday and my children are adults now, and I do have a lot of what people would consider disposable time. You know, it used to be filled up with other things that I'm really working on looking at this idea of being thankful for everything, aware of my body, aware of getting healthy, one little step, one little goal at a time. And so I really, really um, like this whole idea of slow living. And that's how I do my quilting. And so I do my projects. I mean, I buy materials that I truly love. I go through, I don't hoard a lot of fabrics or yarns if I don't love it anymore or it's old or it shows signs of age or if it's a teeny scrap, I get rid of it. I love how it feels and I'll use it if the color is appealing to me Um, and I just work on things one at a time. That's why I'm the world's slowest knitter because I do one row at a time and when my body tells me to stop because it hurts, I stop. Tatting's the same way. I use threads that I really enjoy, but when my body says that I can't do anymore, I don't push it beyond that. I really found that I love the projects more, and when I'm done, I'm profoundly satisfied (laughs) one little stitch at a time. Overall, um, I think I'm getting more done because it's more focused in the time that I'm spending. Of course, I have a few more skills than I did, and we keep building on those every year, so I'm a little more efficient in getting it done. Same with, you know, cleaning the house and doing chores. You know, I've set up routines and I have um, ways of doing things that I get them done in short periods of time. And overall, my work and my work life and work around the house, work in the yard is way less than it used to be. So snowing is keeping on now. We got a couple feet of snow on the ground and snowblower fired up the first time. Um, So far, I haven't had to use it. Um, My husband has been doing a real good job on keeping up on that. But sometimes we get a lot of snow and he has to work super late because the roads are bad and his job involves a lot of travel. So if I want to get in and out of the driveway, I have to run the snowblower. Yeah, I run it real slow. The winter um, is really actually a good time to reflect on the slow movement because life really does slow down. Um, We aren't traveling as much because you can't. You don't get out as much. When you're cold, everything and everybody moves a lot slower. Things are done with more purpose and intention. Um, It's been in the teens this week for temperature. Um, I have to reacclimate myself to the cold and find my cold weather sweaters and wool socks. 
Um, and one more football game to attend this year, but it's indoor at Ford Field for a bowl game. So I don't have to sit outside and freeze. So I'm excited about that. Overall, um, I have been just keeping up with my health goals. Been to the gym three to four times a week. Caught a rotten cold. Um, that seems to be going away. So I took a couple days off, but I've been really trying to eat better. And overall, I think think I am achieving that health goal, you know, one little step on the treadmill at a time. I remember reading an old proverb on the internet, you know, the journey of a 10,000 steps starts, you know, a million miles or whatever, starts with one step. And that's kind of how I feel with this journey is to trying to lose weight and get my um, metabolic labs better. So overall, that's been my nostalgia. The tree is up, the lights are on and flickering, the snow is gently falling. Um, I'm not going to bake a million Christmas cookies, but I probably will make a pie. And if I really, really have time, I'm going to do a pumpkin roll because I really like that for the holidays. I won't have a blog post up probably till uh, more toward New Year. So I want to say happy holidays to all and to enjoy each movement, each movement, each opportunity, each step, each day, each creative moment that we have. And if the slow movement appeals to you, there's lots of information on the internet. Happy holidays to everyone. Thanks for listening. Leave a comment on this podcast on my blog so we can continue sharing our nostalgic moments online. Let's keep the conversation going.